The first pick of the draft is in. We're going to be talking about who the Cardinals picked with the 19th selection overall. Also, Jeff Carr from Locked On Reds is going to be stopping by to talk to us about the upcoming Red Series. It's Locked On Cardinals. You are Locked On Cardinals, your daily St. Louis Cardinals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hi, good morning. Yeah, well, if you're listening to this on a Tuesday morning of June the 4th, 2019, good morning. If you're not, good afternoon, good night, all the uh, the platitudes that we say to each other, I suppose. How's everybody doing? A Tuesday, the Cardinals getting ready to play the uh, Reds a little bit later on uh, today. We're going to be talking with Jeff Carr from Locked on Reds. You haven't checked out his podcast. It's a lot of fun. You got to check it out. I'm telling you. Also, the Cardinals made their first round selection in the MLB draft. We'll be talking about that. In fact, it's probably going to take up our entire uh, three big things today. But first, a little bit of business. Today's show brought to you in part by Hotels.com. Don't hate like. You know, when you like your friend's trip, but you really don't. You kind of hate it. Don't hate like your friend's. Don't hate and just just don't do it. Instead, book your own with Hotels.com and get rewarded basically everywhere. Hotels.com. Be there. Do that. Get rewarded. Uh, be sure to like. Well, you can like us too, I guess. But be sure to rate, review, subscribe in Apple Podcast, Google Podcasts, Spotify, your smart device, and the brand new Himalaya podcasting app. You can follow us in that. Yeah, you can uh, follow creators and shows and all that stuff. I would say iTunes, but if you watched uh, or if you watched the news about all the new software that Apple uh, previewed yesterday, iTunes is no more. Instead, it's Apple Podcast or Apple Music or uh, Apple TV. I feel like they're getting away from the whole i thing. How long before they just call it Apple Pad or Apple Phone or? Whatever the case might be. I don't know. Hey, I tell you what. How about enough yapping? How about today's three big things? Number one. All right. So with the 19th selection overall, the St. Louis Cardinals picked left-handed pitcher Zach Thompson from the University of Kentucky. Yeah, my home state. High school standouts. He got drafted by Tampa Bay in the 11th round uh, a couple of years ago, passed on the majors, chose to attend Kentucky instead. Smart choice because now you're with the Cardinals. Uh, 240 ERA in 14 starts this season, striking out 42, walking 20. And he's a big guy too, 6'3", weighing 225 pounds. Number two. And here's the deal. MLB Network's Dan Plezak says that he could be a front of the rotation kind of guy. A possible ace, if you will. And uh, you know what? That's okay with me. If you watched any of his videos, dude is intense. The slider is great. The fastball gets up into the mid-90s. He's got a curve and a change, but probably needs to work on those in the minors a little bit. Number three. And finally, uh, Derek Gold sent out a tweet. Make that 16 pitchers taken in the first round by the Cardinals since 2006. 
and they have defied the odds with their rate of success and return on production. Only one of those previous 15 did not net some MLB value for the STL cards. How about that? The Cardinals know how to draft pitching. They know how to develop pitching. And no, it wasn't it wasn't just one guy doing it, one scout. They know what they're doing. Zach Thompson is going to be another long line in Cardinals pitchers. I hope he can make it to be a starter, though. That would be fantastic. Uh, seriously, if you've not watched the videos on the guy, uh, look him up. He electrified the SEC. You know, his he had some injuries in college. But overall, he was a fantastic pitcher. I mean, a fantastic pitcher. And here's the other thing to think about. Like Derek Gold was talking about, those 16 pitchers taken. A lot of those guys, 12 reached the majors, and a lot of pitchers from that group helped the Cardinals make trades for Matt Holliday, Mark DeRosa, Jason Hayward, Tyler O'Neill, and, of course, most recently, Paul Goldschmidtson and Luke Weaver over. Uh, a 13th pitcher never reached the majors but was traded for Brandon Moss. So, I'll tell you what, when it comes to what the Cardinals are doing, their mojo in the draft, you got to go ahead and trust it. Would I like to see some more position players taken? Would I like to see perhaps uh, something other than pitching? But you can never have enough pitching, right? We've seen that ourselves. When you go through what the Cardinals have been through here recently, where Alex Reyes says, I'm going to get in a fight with a wall, where Carlos Martinez suddenly forgets that he was supposed to be the ace. When Adam Wainwright, though bulldogged as he is, still just isn't the same pitcher that he was. You have to admit that it's probably in the Cardinals' best interest to, uh, you know, keep going with the pitching. Okay, so I have to think that with the pick that they could, you know, of all the people they could have had, Zach Thompson, uh, probably one of the better picks. Oh, MLB Pipeline, by the way, has Thompson as a 14th-ranked prospect in the draft in the fifth-best pitcher. So you have to think there's a probably at least, you know, if, there, if there's four guys better than Zach Thompson, he's in pretty good company. Pretty good company indeed. This is Locked On Cardinals, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Again, be sure to check us out on the brand-new Himalaya podcasting app. It is the Podcasters Podcast app. Oh, the Podcast Listeners Podcast app, too. It's free, super easy to use, has every single podcast you love or maybe you're looking for. Personally curated playlists made just for you by our expert podcast tastemakers. Themed collections of shows to help with podcast discovery. Everything from comedy to mystery, thrillers and sports. You can follow your favorite shows and creators. And you can like and comment on specific episodes. You know, give them a thumbs up. It's awesome. Plus, make a playlist of your favorite episodes and share it with your friends. Find and download the Himalaya. Can't talk today. Find and download Himalaya on the App Store or Google Play Store. And don't forget to follow Locked on Cardinals, your daily St. Louis Cardinals podcast, once you're there. Guys, when you're on deck and getting ready to step up to the plate, you have to be sure you're ready to swing for the fences. But if you're looking for that fastball when you get a curve instead, that's where Blue Chew comes in. 
Blue Chew is the first chewable of its kind with the same FDA-approved active ingredient as Viagra and Cialis. So, you know they work, right? You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach, and since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as a pill. So you can be ready whenever an opportunity to swing for the fences arises. Blue Chew is prescribed online and shipped straight to your door in a discreet package, so no in-person doctor's visits, no waiting in the pharmacy, and best of all, no more awkwardness. They're made in the USA, and since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, they're cheaper than a pharmacy. Right now, we got a special deal for our listeners. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free when you use our special promo code MLB. Just pay $5 shipping. Again, that's B-L-U-E-Chew.com, promo code MLB to try it free. Again, that promo code MLB. Blue Chew is the better, cheaper, faster choice, and we thank them for sponsoring the podcast. Welcome back to Locked On Cardinals, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. My name's Moose Michaels. Today's show brought to you in part by Hotels.com. Don't hate like. Don't do it. You know where you hate your friend's trip, but you really kind of like it. Don't do that. Just book your own with Hotels.com and get rewarded basically everywhere. Hotels.com, be there, do they get rewarded. Rate, review, subscribe to us in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, um, where else? Spotify, your smart device, and the brand new Himalaya podcasting app. Free, super easy to use. Every single podcast you're searching for. All right. On our hot drop line, uh, I guess you should say celebrity guest line. It's our very own Jeff Carr from the Locked on Reds podcast. Jeff, how you doing, man? Man, I'm doing pretty good, Moose. Thanks for having me on. As far as celebrity, I think I'm like a L lister. No, no, like I, you're the most famous person that comes on my show. <laughs> you're, you're by far well, the most common person on my show. <laughs> well, I, I will take that. <laughs> so it's good to be back. Yeah, yeah. And uh, before we get into all this stuff, um, how I, I know the Reds are in fifth place, and I'm not going to lie to you. I, I talk a little junk about every team in the National League Central that's not the Cardinals. You kind of have to. But the Reds are in fifth place, and and I think that record's a little bit deceiving because I feel like they're better than what that record says. I feel like they're better than fifth place. Well, the optimistic narrative that everyone runs with with the Reds is the wonderful Pythagorean win-loss record that based on their runs scored and runs allowed, their record should actually be that they're seven games over 500. And it's like, oh, it's nice to take solace in that, but when's that going to become reality? Because every time the Reds put together two or three wins in a row, they find a way to lose two or three games in a row, and they just can't get that snowball rolling yet. I know I know the feeling. In fact, I think anybody uh, who roots for a team in the National League Central knows that feeling. The Cardinals, uh, and we were talking about this off air, they didn't win a single series in all of May, and yet somehow they're three games out of first place. And I don't know if that speaks to how good these teams are or how mediocre the division is. I can't decide. Well, and it's funny because last week the Reds had two series that – the casual baseball observer would look and say, you know what? These are winnable series. And the football fan mindset came in and everyone's like, okay, this is moving week. This is where the reds really start to assert themselves in the standings. Well, last Sunday they were sitting at six and a half out of first place. As we speak today, they sit six and a half 
out of first place. So uh, well. not only they didn't move anywhere, they stood pat. Well, you know <laughs> what? They, at least they're not going backwards. Exactly. There, there's there, there's some teams that are like what 10, 11, 12 games out. I oh in, in other divisions. I think it's um out in the West, aren't they like twenty one games behind the Dodgers? I forget who that was. I will tell you exactly who that is. So let's see. The uh, Colorado is nine is in second place. They're nine games out of first behind the Dodgers. <laughs> but it gets it gets worse. It gets worse. And as far as fifth place teams go, San Francisco is six is sixteen games out. Miami's eleven games out. The lowly Baltimore Orioles are twenty and a half games out. Kansas that's, City, twenty one and a half games out. I feel like it's a race between Kansas City and Baltimore about who's going to be the worst. Right, and and that was another optimistic take I heard about the Reds is that with them being six and a half out, they are one of like three teams outside of the NL Central, of course, uh, comparing these that are within six and a half games of first place because most everywhere else it's either you're in first or you're way behind. Oh, yeah. How'd the Reds do in the draft today? Did you like who they picked? I did, and it's funny because um, I rolled with this take. There's there's two things that I like about them. One is there are folks that know more than me about this sort of thing that believe that if everything goes right and he doesn't have a whole lot of health concerns, Nick Lodolo, the left-handed pitcher from TCU that the Reds selected with the seventh overall pick, could be in the majors maybe a year out, maybe two years out, that sort of thing, with – uh, upside of pitching in the rotation. But then the second thing that I like the most is he was actually picked whenever he graduated high school in 2016 by the Pittsburgh pirates. And he told them, no, see that it's, it's, it's funny. You say that the Cardinals also selected a left-handed pitcher, a guy named Zach Thompson out of UK university of Kentucky, 19th Very overall picked. He was a high school standout, got drafted by Tampa Bay back in 16 turned them down to go to Kentucky instead. So now he's with uh, the Cardinals, had a 240 ERA and 14 starts this past season in the SEC, striking out 42 and only walking 20. So That's I'm up. pretty good. I'm pretty good with that. Um, now, I don't know if he's as close as uh, as close as the Reds guy, but uh, he's got some work to do on some secondary pitches. But his fastball and slider is pretty good. Well, that's uh, that's talking about the future. Let's talk about uh, the the more immediate future, and that's the game tonight. The Reds uh, come to Bush Stadium to take on the Cardinals. Uh, Luis Castillo uh, taking the bump for the Reds, taking on Genesis Cabrera. And uh, as far as pitching goes, I'd say you probably have the advantage tonight. I was going to ask you, what do you know about Genesis Cabrera? Because that is an awesome name. Oh, it's a great name. Uh, on the, the last time he pitched, I believe what I said was is Genesis had a quick exodus because he didn't mm. last. He lasted like, I think it was three and two thirds inning. Oh no. Um, the only reason more people weren't talking about how bad his debut was is because he took Michael Watka's spot in the rotation. Mm-hmm. And then they brought Michael Watka in anyway to relieve <laughs> Genesis Cabrera and, and Michael Watka put up the worst pitching performances of his career. Um, mm-hmm. In all fairness, Cabrera's uh, he's got some electric stuff, um, but he wasn't exactly tearing up the triple A. And uh, I think he's got a very high ceiling. He's just very far beneath it at the moment. 
He's, I mean, it's still very early. His ERA is not, I don't think it's very indicative of where it's going to be. But, I mean, just as pure looking at the baseball numbers, uh, 7.36 isn't what you want your starter to be at. But, again, still just, it's still very early. Yeah, three and two-thirds inning. And um, though his fastball did hit 99 miles an hour. So that's good. Nice. I know because I, I know Castillo's tearing everybody up. I am looking forward to see him pitch. I will say his last couple of starts, the Reds have not won, and he has had some performances. Like his ERA sitting at two point four five. I know at one point in early May it was like one point three, so it's it's come up a bit. And I think it's just him going through an adjustment period because all he was throwing was two seam fastballs and his circle change that just moves all over the place. And I think hitters were keying in on that, knowing to lay off the changeup. So to see how he kind of develops and how he uses his slider, that's going to be the key in this game because I know that St. Louis has a lot of smart hitters on the ball club that are going to take advantage of uh, his two-pitch repertoire, and they're really going to force him to throw a good slider. Well, I was about to say, just about everybody in the Cardinals lineup is a little bit lackluster against him, except Matt Carpenter, who will probably be at the top of the lineup, I would assume, because he's batting three eighty-five against Luis Castillo. Nobody else is really doing all that much. Colton Wong, through five at-bats, is batting four hundred, But everybody else, uh, 250 and below. It's going to be interesting to see, too, from the Reds' lineup perspective because for a minute there, it looked like they were getting it together. They were figuring out how to score runs, which has been the biggest bugaboo of the season for the Reds so far. And then we look at guys that, you know, maybe they've got numbers that look favorable to a lineup. Well, the Reds make them feel a lot better about themselves. In fact, no better circumstance than when they went out to Oakland and Mike fires, no hit them. So oh. it can happen to anybody. I mean, anybody can do it if Mike fires can do it. Right. Well, Hey, Adam Wainwright, uh, who's not been very good for a couple of years, just being honest, he was no hitting the Cubs through six yesterday or two days ago, I should say 126 pitches in that game um, that he threw, which was nuts to me, especially for a guy like that. Tell me what's going on with Derek Dietrich because uh, he seems to be a real cardinal killer the last few times we faced the Reds. And uh, where did he even come from? <laughs> he came from Miami, and he has been – he's basically been the straw that broke the camel's back. All the national writers have officially dubbed the Miami Marlins just the worst decision makers over the last decade because they look at the lineup that they could have had and even the pitching staff that the Marlins could have had if they even knew their own players on their own team. And he would have been with Marcelo Zuna and Christian Yelich and Giancarlo Stanton. And just, it would have been nuts. And they just let him go free and clear. Uh, it was probably about November-ish or whatever. So the Reds sign him as an undrafted, undrafted, obviously. Yeah, but the Reds signed him to a minor league deal with an invite to spring training, basically a wink, wink, nod, nod. You're going to make the team. All of a sudden he leads the team in homers. He's not even technically a regular player. He doesn't get regular playing time because they platoon him. His, his stats against left-handers aren't great. So that's why they try to keep him out of the lineup against that. But when he's in, he just hits. 
and he loves having fun. I mean, he's become a fan favorite with his antics on and off the field. Uh, his big thing that really announced his presence in the Reds lineup was he hit a home run on opening day to set them ahead of the Pirates for good in that game. And so everyone immediately was like, whoa, who's this guy? Now he's done all of this different stuff. The three home runs against the Pirates the other day that sparked even more controversy in that wonderful rivalry that's got everyone in Cincinnati remembering how much they just really love the city of Pittsburgh. And then overall, he's an interesting guy because there's a lot of folks that are putting him in the same vein as Todd Frazier and uh, Scooter Jeanette, who's still on the team, obviously, but those guys that have become fan favorites overnight that now everyone's just like, Oh man, he is my favorite red. And it's all because of different little things like that. And for a minute there, I think it's back to normal real quick. I know I've been yammering on about him for a second here, but for a minute, he had as many home runs as any other hit. Like I think he had, uh, 34 hits and 17 of them were home runs. That's crazy. crazy. That is yeah. crazy. Uh, well, he had a, he's had a couple of three homer games this year, hasn't he? Just the one, Just but so, he does have a couple of multiple, okay. multiple. Well, I know um, if he stays hot like that, and if the if the Reds if the Reds continue to be in in fifth place, he'll probably be somebody that I'm sure they're going to shop to a lot of teams. Uh, he's got. He's got value because he's actually got team control for one more year as well. See, I and I in a previous episode, I I I made the argument that if the Cardinals find themselves in third or fourth place, you know, and way out because you know there's there's only the one trade deadline this year. There's no right. waiver trade deadline, none of that business. I think you'd see Marcelo Zuna on the block if that was the case. I don't think it will be, but if it was, because he's a rental, you know, he's going to be gone at the end of the year anyway. Apparently, he figured out how to hit in St. Louis and has been fantastic. Um, so we'll have to see. How, what about Joey Votto? Joey Votto's been with the team for a long time now. Uh, he's kind of the elder statesman. And uh, the dude knows how to hit. Him and him and Paul Goldschmidt, very comparable players. I know, uh, of course, Votto a little bit older, but how's Joey doing so far? Well, he, he definitely had his trademark slow start, so much so that it was starting to get the folks who watch him every day kind of starting to worry. And in years past, he's had, you know, last year was a down year power-wise, but he still had the on-base numbers. Well, this year, the on-base numbers were starting to come down too. So everyone was starting to believe that maybe age was setting in. And then all of a sudden he went on like an eight-game hitting streak. He's been on base in the last 14 or 15 games, something like that. And he's back to being close to Joey Votto. I don't know that we'll ever see him be the level that he was in 2017 when he was fighting for an MVP spot despite the Reds being completely out of anything. But I think that, and, and I've said this on previous podcasts before, that he could be a Todd Helton type. He could be the kind of guy that hits around 300, gets on base around 40% of the time, but maybe only hits 12 homers a year, maybe 15, something like that. But you're totally okay with that because the Reds have already cast him as the number two hitter. They want him to be a catalyst, and he's starting to actually – be that catalyst. He was a big reason why the Reds were struggling to score runs early. 
Well, if he's hot, then uh, and you keep Derek Dietrich going, I believe the the Reds will probably end up in a pretty good spot. You know, I don't know that they'll win the division. I don't know if they'll make the playoffs. You don't know with the way the National League's going. What I can tell you, though, is I feel like the Pirates are ultimately destined for last place. They've got a negative 68 run differential, or at least the last time I looked they did, and uh, it seems to me they're going nowhere pretty quickly. Yeah, so, they're right now the opposite of the Reds as far as the whole Pythagorean win-loss thing goes. Yeah, I see. I wish I wish we could all be like the Twins with a 109 run run oh. differential. Those guys are nuts. All right, well, um, one last quick thing. During this game later on today, what should Cardinals fans be looking out for with the Reds? Like, what are some of the weaknesses? What are some of the strengths? I'd tell you one guy that if I were a Cardinal fan, I'd be interested to watch. um, It's a little bit biased, I know. But I would be interested to watch Nick Senzel. Nick Senzel is a rookie. He's only played for one calendar month, Major League Baseball. But he has really smart at-bats. He doesn't swing in a lot of bad pitches. He does have a little bit of a higher strikeout rate than you would expect uh, for a guy that you label as a smart hitter. But it's starting to come down, and he's starting to make a lot of good contact. And there's advanced metrics and all this other stuff that say that he's looking pretty well. Um, And on the downside... I would almost, if if I were a Cardinal fan and I saw Rysel Iglesias coming out of the bullpen, I'd be excited. Years past, you wouldn't say that. Years past, you you know that Rysel Iglesias is going to give you a, a rough inning if you're a hitter. This year, he's been all over the place. He's been completely unpredictable. He's kind of fell victim to that star relief pitcher having a mediocre season. And right now it's got Reds fans kind of wondering if Rysel Iglesias is the guy that you want coming out of the bullpen or Amir Garrett, who Amir Garrett is just setting the world on fire out of the bullpen right now. So that, that that's probably what I would be looking for in the Cardinals if I were a Cardinals fan watching the Reds. How about uh, vice versa? If I'm a Reds fan, what am I looking for from the Cardinals? You're, you're looking to see if Paul Goldschmidt stays hot. Because as as Goldie goes, so the lineup goes. Uh, if he's hot and he's hitting things uh, like he has been as of late, the rest of the lineup wakes up uh, pretty quickly. I'd also keep an eye on uh, uh, Matt Wieters filling in for Yachty uh, while Yachty's on the IL. Uh, one thing the Cardinals are very fortunate about is their backup catcher is also a former all-star catcher which not a lot of teams can say. Uh, and then the guy backing up Weeders is actually uh, probably the catcher of the future for St. Louis, a fellow named Andrew. Uh, uh, I'm trying to remember how to pronounce his name. Kisner. I keep wanting to say Kinzer, but it's Kisner, Andrew Kisner. And uh, he just got the call up, and uh, he's he's kind of turning some heads and will, uh, will likely be uh, the guy to step in for Yachty once Yachty decides to hang it up. Uh, and the last one, Colton Wong. I, I don't know what's going on with the guy, but if he doesn't win a gold glove this year, I think there might be a riot. The guy nice. has just been fantastic at second base. The offense has slowed down a little bit, but, I mean, like, if you watch, well, I don't know why you would have watched it, but if you watch the uh, Cardinals-Cubs game on Sunday, he caught this Anthony Renzo line drive that was just fantastic. Like, you just saw that ball going. You knew it was going to be a hit. You knew the Cubs were about to tie it up. Nope. Colton Wong said, no, nah, I got a black hole for a glove, bro. Come here. And that was that. <laughs> it was 
Awesome. So, uh, Jeff, before we let you go, we like to do something here called uh, Trivia Impossible, which we need to get some music. There we go. All right. We all heard of the triple play. But in what game did the quadruple play take place in? Do you know? I do not know the answer to this one. Well, you're going to have to wait till tomorrow's episode because I try to give people on Twitter a chance to win the no prize. Okay. In order to do that. Yeah, the quadruple play is a real thing. Doesn't make doesn't make sense. So uh, that would be that would definitely the, the strikeout catcher drops it, and then they go around the diamond. Something like that. What I'm reading is the, only wow. the first three outs were counted. <laughs> so that's probably that's probably what it was a drop third strike. So that's um, you know, and they got that guy, and they just went around the horn, and there you go. Except wow. Of course, there's not four outs in baseball. But, yeah, a quadruple play. If someone can tell me when that happened, I tell you what, if someone can tell me when it happened, the inning it happened in, and what the game was, I'll give them a triple no prize, in which means I don't have to send them anything. But they get bragging rights. <laughs> they get lots of bragging rights. Uh, Jeff Carr, he's part of the uh, Locked on Reds podcast, and it's a really good one to listen to. Uh Jeff, it does a great job with it, so you got to check it out. And you got all kinds of guys on all the time. You got on more guests than I do. I need to get more guests and follow your lead. Um, but yeah, you can find him in all the different places you can find us: Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, Spotify. Uh, I think all you got to say is, you know, however you launch your keyword stuff is listen to podcasts locked on Reds, and and you're and you're off to the races with that. Jeff, uh, thanks so much for uh, hanging out with us tonight, man. Hey, appreciate you having me on, Moose. All right. Uh, You drink a brewski for the mooski. I'm out.